spirit, Lord, in their bodies, O oh God. I pray, Father, strengthen the inner man and inner woman in us, O oh God. Amen, Lord, and lift us up that we can be with you, Father. I pray that you would open up our ears that we may hear, Lord, our eyes that we may see, and our hearts, Lord, that we can be converted unto you, Father. Amen. Bless us, O Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, Jesus, Lord, and minister to the needs, O Lord, that are represented, Lord. Every individual, every family, every household, God. Go before your people, Lord, and minister unto them, God, their spiritual needs, Lord, their material needs, O God, and their financial needs, Lord. We ask, Father, bless your people. Make a way for them, O God. Hallelujah, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord, and bind us together, Lord, in this place. And we can be one body, Lord, that we can be, Lord, of one mind, of one spirit, in one place, and in one accord together, O Lord. Bless us with your love, O God, and bless us, O Father. Amen, Lord. Jesus of Nazareth, Lord, in your spirit, O God, this we pray, Lord, in your holy name. Amen, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen.
Bible study service, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for this offering we're going to give and receive. Help us to give cheerfully, Lord. We love a cheerful giver, God. Lord, bless all the hands that put in the work, oh God, that you bless them with the, the jobs you bless them with, oh God. Bring forth, oh Lord. Fruit, Lord, and labor, oh God. Lord, bless them, oh God. Lord, we give you all the praise, glory, and honor. Amen. Amen.
praise Lord. How great is our God. Thank you, Lord. He is great. Great and worthy to be praised. Uh, I put the two illustrations down here. One for the tabernacle and the high priest's garment. Uh, the outlines are not done yet. I will have them here. Uh, in, in when I finish up with the last few pages on it. But those of you that want to grab any one of these uh, illustrations, you're welcome to do so. Amen. And uh, it's good to be here again after our week of revival services with Brother Gabriel Reynolds. Hopefully there'll be enough, maybe one, two. All the adults, I don't know about all the kids. It's amazing. It is amazing. Seems like there's always a thought that comes when working on material like this and I think I have everything, you know, I think I, when I finish it up, I, I, I think I, I, I would probably have everything, then all of a sudden here comes something that comes to me and I go, oh, wow, I, got, I have to, I have to insert that in there too, so there's always something I've added on there, and I, my notes are kind of, amen, a little, uh, little little pieces I've inserted here and there, so I always want to correct those and make sure, you know, those are what I would call seed thoughts. Of course, when we're studying what we're studying, there's so much to it. And uh, praise God that the Word of God obviously bears witness to it, so it's a beautiful thing. Amen. You can just go on and go on and go on. And, uh, amen. That's the beautiful thing about this study that I enjoy. It's always something, always something new. And then, of course, when something else is added to it because of other, other material that I have come across. And I always want to try to include what I call the Jewish thought. Uh, Paying paying attention to uh, you know different uh, Jewish teachers, rabbis that have obviously a lot of insight and wisdom into Amen the Word of God, and so I always like to read those and glean what I can out of them because uh, they're always Amen inspirational and they're always bringing a, a word of uh, not just knowledge but wisdom beautiful so amen so I, I just kind of want to make sure I get everything that I need to get so we're going to uh, kind of come to and just kind of what we've been studying as far as the holy place is concerned we're going to come to uh, a conclusion I guess of that this evening before we get on to the study of the holiest of all and uh, of course again I say this <laughs> 
when we can come to that place of knowing what it is to understand God's Word. And uh, whenever you study the New Testament, and uh, if, you, if, you, if you don't realize it, if you don't know, uh, a good majority of the epistles are written by the Apostle Paul, and they're referred to as the Pauline epistles, and you have the general epistles, which we have that are written by Peter and James and John and Jude. And so those are inserted in there, but if you ever study them and, and you just kind of, uh, in a sense, you you breaking them down and and dissecting the, the, the chapters and the verses, and of course their 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 language, how they were written, their terminology, you ever notice that when you pay attention to the way that they have written everything it everything is always kind of their understanding comes from their teaching on the law of Moses and their teaching, you know, on the tabernacle, the temple and all that. So they always use that kind of terminology to kind of, you know, uh, give you a little understanding and and uh, so that kind of gives us a word picture of that and so we can see it as it is, but it's beautiful. So when you can get into that and you can see some of the places that they're speaking about and, and uh, make some connection with it because it's all relevant. It's all, all points to one, which is Jesus Christ. So... Uh, turn with me in your in your Bibles to the book of uh, John chapter 14. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <coughs> Amen. John chapter 14. Verses number 5 and 6 we'll start with. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. I mean, and how can we know the way? Here's, a, here's an interesting Jesus is talking here. Of course, you read the first part of this conversation. He's telling them, his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. So you think about that. Interesting here because there's a lot of uh, different interpretations on what Jesus was talking about. Of course, when he says, I go to prepare a place for you in my house, there are in my father's house, there are many mansions. So he's talking about, obviously, our heavenly home, <coughs> our dwelling place. And, and that we are looking forward one day, amen, to to move into. <laughs> Praise God. But, you know, and that has 
you know, a lot of, uh, you know, gives us hope and everything. But when you when you think about it, and then he's he's talking about going to prepare a place for us, going to prepare a place for us, so we could have obviously access into our eternal home. And uh, that's uh, one one interpretation, one understanding. But pay attention to the language. Pay attention to the language. Jesus is talking about going up into heaven. And he's doing that. He's going to prepare. Obviously, he's sharing with them what he's going to do. And, of course, this is something that's going to take place very shortly because what he's going to go through, his passion and his crucifixion, his suffering and then obviously his death and resurrection. He's going to prepare a place for them so they can have access. You ever realize when the Bible says after he resurrected and Mary and Martha were the first ones to make it to the tomb after he resurrected and of course they didn't recognize him when he was there and they probably would have never have recognized him if Mary would have never have probably recognized his voice and she said master Rabboni, Rabbi, Master she realized it was Jesus one of the things that he shared with her when he when she realized who he was, he said, one of the things that he said to her right away was, don't touch me. For I have not yet ascended up to my father. So in other words, don't touch me. Obviously, uh, being caught up in the moment and being happy to see her, her Lord, her Savior, and wanting to embrace him, wrap her arms around him, hold him. But he says, don't touch me. I'll paraphrase it. Don't touch me yet. Because <laughs> I haven't ascended up to my Father, which is in heaven. Why is that? He was following God's will. Because he just resurrected from the dead. He resurrected. What's the difference between all the sacrifices that were ever offered under the Old Testament covenant? All the animals that shed their blood when their blood was spilled out. The life of the flesh is in the blood. When their blood was spilled out, they their life was taken. And so they used that blood for atonement. But the difference between those sacrifices and his sacrifices, his sacrifice was this. After his death, after he shed his blood, he resurrected. Right. All the animals did not resurrect, they died. Amen. So that's why that sacrifice was not sufficient to help those who came, amen, before the Lord. So Jesus was just fulfilling the scripture, and of course he's talking in the Old Testament understanding and terminology because the high priest could not really touch anything when he was carrying that blood of atonement. He was instructed not to touch anything 
until he made that atonement. And then after he made that atonement and he exited, he came back out. Guess what? He became holy because he made that atonement. So obviously Jesus was following God's will and his plan that after he would go up and after he would, amen, put his blood on the mercy seat in the heavens, then that atonement was made for you and I and everyone else. Then we could freely touch him because he fulfilled his ministry. But this wasn't the blood of bulls and goats. It was by his own blood that he shed. And of course, when that happened, the Old Testament covenant was came to its end. The purpose that it served and the, the, the veil in the temple rent from top to bottom. Meaning that a way, the way to enter into the holies of holies was now possible for every person who wanted to seek God. Beautiful, isn't it? Because before that, the only one that could enter into the presence of God, the mercy seat, was the high priest himself, alone, one time out of the year, on the Day of Atonement. Hallelujah. It's amazing. Resurrection. Because he resurrected. Now, let's make the connection. I don't want to deviate, but I just want to show you something beautiful. Let's make the let's make the connection. He resurrected to make atonement. He's the only sacrifice that resurrected to make the atonement. Right. Right. But where did he resurrect to? The mercy seat in the heavens. The true tabernacle that God pitched and not man. So he made atonement. He put his he made atonement with his blood as he sprinkled it on Amen the mercy seat that was in heaven. But all because of his resurrection. He couldn't make it. He couldn't make it unless he resurrected. Keep that thought. So here's the thing. Here's the connection. Every seven years, every seven years, they counted every seven years, the feast of the open book. Every seven years, the law was to be rehearsed in Israel during the Feast of Tabernacles. Every seven years was that, amen, when when he made that atonement, when the high priest made that atonement, every seven years the law was rehearsed. Israel heard the law. And you take seven times seven, 49. So here comes the 50th, here comes the jubilee. Every seven years until you reach the jubilee, that was the, amen, uh, how would we say, the point of reference. Every seven years, seven means fullness, seven means maturity, seven means completeness. Every seven years, you come to that place, and then the 50th year, the year of Jubilee, the only one time that when the priest went in and made atonement, and after he applied that blood and he came out, only one time, the 50th year, the Jubilee, when he came out, was the Jubilee trumpet blown. And that that symbolized the release. So what does that mean? Guess what? What what did we say took place when Jesus offered his blood? He had to resurrect to offer the blood. He had to resurrect to offer the blood. 
So every seven years on the Jubilee, guess what happens? What does the Jubilee, Jubilee mean to us? This is a beautiful thing. When we want to understand about the coming of the Lord and what takes place when he makes that final, final, amen, offering for his people. Guess what happens to us? We're raptured up. The final release, that's when it takes place, the year of Jubilee. The final day of atonement. As one person said, atonement means at one. At one mint. <laughs> so in other words, we become, we, we're, 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 we're able to be lifted up because of his resurrection. And now we're going to resurrect. We're going to be set free from this earthly economy. And into the heavenly. That's the beautiful thing about this. Praise God. And amen. So you think about that. That's just a, a connection. That's, that's a connection. So, oh, amen. Beautiful one. So anyway, here comes, here's Jesus speaking to Thomas. And Thomas says, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? How can we know the way? Good question, isn't it? How can we know the way? Praise God. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now look what he says. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No man can have access to the Father but by me. So in other words, he's making a reference here. No man can come unto the Father but by me. Because when we understand everything that we have been studying about in the past few weeks about, amen, the, the table of showbread and the candlestick, the, the lampstand and the altar of incense, the, the, the priests had to minister in those places, in the holy place, to be able to access the holiest of all. No man can come unto the Father but by me. Amen. You can't come into the presence of God unless you come by me. Hallelujah. Amen. Beautiful, isn't it? Yes. The holy place. So we think about it. When we think about it, the Lord Jesus is the only way that believers can have access to the Father. The only way. So when we can go from the holy place to the holiest of all. And once we go through the veil. Of course, we're going to look at that here, not tonight, but up ahead. Once we can go through, once the high priest went through the veil and he made atonement on the day of atonement. Yom Kippur. So, so we understand that. Praise God. But to have access, you had to minister in the holy place. You had to minister in the holy place. So when we take a look at it, when we take a look at it, Jesus is making reference to that. And I guess as the priest ministered at each place or at each station in the holy place, 
they occupied each level of ministry. Each level of ministry. So when I talk about that, each level of ministry, what are we talking about? The table of showbread. The candlesticks. And then the altar of incense. They occupied each level of ministry in the holy place. Okay? So when they occupied each level of ministry, when the priest, the high priest, occupied those stations in their ministry, that's what qualified them to be able to enter into the holiest of all. Remember Jesus said, if any man come in another way, he's a thief and he's a robber. So in other words, you had to you had to follow God's will. You had to follow God's plan to be able to have access to the Father. If you try to eliminate or, or bypass any of those stations in the holy place, guess what? You didn't make it. <laughs> basically. Praise God. So think about that. So basically... Uh, go with me when I when I say when I say qualify qualify qualify. Go with me to Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one. <coughs> Amen. Because in a sense, we're, we're when we when we follow God's plan. In Colossians chapter 1, and we'll look at verse number, uh, verse number 12 there. Look what it says. <clears throat> Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So in other words, he has made us meet. You know what that word meet means? It means to qualify. He has qualified us. Qualified us. Everybody say qualified. Qualified. There's a reason why. Of course, when we, as we understand, as we understand, if you have been uh, ingesting the word that we have been sharing, if you, if you understand everything as far as uh, the priest had to do as they ministered in the tabernacle itself, and we're talking about the holy place, we understand that they, they did that. That was their calling. That was their ministry. Amen. To minister in these in these areas in the in the holy place, the table of showbread and the candlestick and the altar of incense, all those places, they had to stand and minister before the Lord. Can you imagine what that was like? Can you imagine what that was like to walk in there every day and you were completely closed in and you had to follow God's instructions you have to follow his word you have to follow his will yeah. hallelujah Amen. 
It's something. Somebody once asked the question, what was the order that the priest followed? Well, it's a good question because I've never really come across any details concerning the order. But in order to see everything in there, the lampstands had to be lit. Yeah. So it can cast its light inside so you can see the table of showbread and you can see the altar of incense. You can see where you're going. Otherwise, if their lampstands were never lit, guess what happened? You were walking around in darkness. Why? Because no natural light entered into the tabernacle. It was all covered and closed off by amen, all the badger skins, ram skins. So the lampstand had to be lit. That's the reason why the lampstand had to be lit. So you could see your way around to minister at the table of showbread and at the altar of incense and even to maintenance the lampstand to make sure there was oil in the lamps that they would burn continually. So the priest walks in the priest walks in and he goes to the table of showbread and he amen takes it doesn't say a loaf the showbread was obviously round and flat and they were stacked 12 12 amen if you want to say it that way, pieces of showbread, each stacked on two stacks of six, and each according to the number of the tribes of Israel. And they were set in order, so I don't know how they did that, but they were set in order, and they had to be ingested in that order. So obviously there is a way they did it. The details are, at best, are obscure. But they did it. They followed God's will. So that was their sustenance. They ate the showbread so that they could, amen, have strength while they were before the Lord, ministering before the Lord. They ate the showbread. Amen. So we see that in uh, Leviticus 21, 22. And, and you see here where the scripture says this. Leviticus 21, 22. Unleavened bread. It was unleavened bread. 21, 22 it says. It says, he shall eat the bread of his God, both of the most holy and of the holy. Okay, let's let's stop here now. Now, why does he say both of the most, both of the holy, of the most holy and of the holy? Interesting, isn't it? Okay, let me let me kind of give you a little insight here. The places that the priests ate the showbread or the bread of God, of course, one of them was a showbread, 
that they ate as they went into the tabernacle, the other bread that they ate, the unleavened cakes and wafers they ate when they offered up certain sacrifices. And when they offered them up to the Lord, the priests ate those cakes that were offered up with the sacrifices. And here's the thing. When they ate of those sacrifices, they ate of that bread. Guess what? After they ingested it, guess what? They became holy. It sanctified them. So here's the thing. Remember that question they asked in Haggai? If you touch anything that's, you know, a, a dead body or a person that's been around a dead body and anything that was unclean, will they become unclean? Yes, they will. Well, if you touch anything that was that was part of the what he, what he said, uh, anything holy, the 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 you know the 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 utensils and everything that they use in the tab tabernacle, will they become holy? He said no. So even if you touched it, you weren't made holy. Why is it? Because you have to ingest it. So when you ingest God's word, guess what? That's why it's important to be hearers and doers, not Amen. just hearers only, Amen. so that you can become holy. Amen. Praise God. So they ate it in the holy place, and they ate it the most holy, in other words, and they offered up a sacrifice, the sin sacrifice, the burnt offerings, the peace offerings. They, they ate it, and, and when they ate it, that's when they became holy. Beautiful, isn't it? You become holy. So anyway, that's what he says here. John, John chapter 6, look what it says here. John chapter 6, verse number 35. You're probably all, you remember the scripture verse. We went to it, but let, let's read it anyway, because look what Jesus says. Jesus makes a statement here in John chapter 6, verse number 35. And uh, there he said he was instructed to eat the bread of his God. Uh, that which was most holy and that which, which, which was holy. So we understand what took place there. But in John chapter 6, verse number 35, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. I am the bread of life. That's what this is right here. Man shall not live by bread alone. What did Jesus say? When the Satan was trying to tempt him. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Let me tell you something. We can live. We will have eternal life. If we ingest. If we ingest the word of God. Taste and see that the Lord, He is good. Amen. So when we ingest the Word, guess what's going to happen? So we see that. He says, I am the bread of life. He is the bread of life. That's what that showbread. Remember what I said? Showbread. Uh, let me teach you something about archaic English. Whenever you read the King James Version... When you see S-H-E-W, whenever you read it, don't say shoe. That's the old English version of the word show. Just the way they spelt it. So you don't say shoe me. 
That's archaic English. It means show, show me, show bread. And you know what show bread actually means? Show me bread. In other words, when we ingest the word of God, guess what happens? We're going to be enlightened. Yes, right. God is going to open up our understanding. He's going to open up our eyes so that we can see something about people that are Holy Ghost filled and full of God's word. They have more understanding than people who do not. That's why people cannot understand the scripture. That's why they struggle with the scripture. You know why? Because they've never ingested. Okay? Matthew 26, 26. Let's go to Matthew chapter 26. Look what Jesus said. Amen. Jesus said this. Matthew 26, 26. He said, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. <clears throat> this is my body. Any of you ever see, uh, any of you ever see the, the uh, showbread? What it actually looks like. I've seen one, one rendering, one, one description of it, the way it was made. Of course, unleavened bread. It's going to be flat bread. Anybody, any of you ever see uh, the Jewish bread? What do they call that? Matzah. Matzah. Any of you ever see matzah? Yes. Uh, I actually went into a shop in New York City. Because <laughs> we got lost. <laughs> we got lost and we ended up in the Jewish section of, you know, a suburb. So I went in and asked for directions. <laughs> Everything was... Everything in there was kosher, if you know what I mean. Yes. And I noticed their bread in there. And I looked at it. And, you know, I tend to believe what the illustration that I've seen about showbread. You know what, they, you know what was on the showbread? They, were little, they weren't like darkened lines, but they, they put little lines in it. And I don't know if that's for, so you can rip, you know, break it. So you can eat it, so you can break off little strips. But they, and, and the showbread that you've seen, that I've seen, the illustration of the showbread, it was almost like that with, that with the Jewish bread. So I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this. Here's the thing. Now, this, this is just a, a seed thought. I was just thinking about this. By his stripes, we are healed. Wow. wow. That's cool. <laughs> That's something. Wow. Think about that. Wow. So he said, this is, what did he say? This is my body. Take, eat. This is my body. My body. But we, when we partake of the Lord's Supper, what the bread symbolizes. The bread and the wine. <laughs> you notice what I said? Wine. Not grape juice. Wine. 
I asked a rabbi one time the significance of it, and he said, I'll tell you why. He said, wine, natural wine. Wine ferments. It's got life in itself. He said, there's a word that you will understand. He said, everbesque. Everbesque means this. It has life in itself. So that wine, when it ferments, it, it ferments, and it's still alive. It's bubbling. It's brewing. It ferments. That's what fermentation is. He said, but it's natural. It's got... It's got an ever-vescent amen life in it. It's, it's got life in itself. So that's why he said, why? Represents. Represents life. Amen. So that's why when we have the Lord's Supper, we use wine. Why? Praise God. Mm-hmm. Life-giving. Mm-hmm. His blood is life-giving. Did you realize yeah. that? Not to deviate from what we're talking about. But 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four. this is what he said. And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. So we actually, when we partake in the Lord's Supper, guess what we're, that bread symbolizes? <coughs> this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me so we can remember him. That's why we take it. So remember him. When you take that bot, when you take that bread. So he is the bread of life. He is the bread of life. It's important for us to understand that. Qualifies us. The bread of life qualifies us. So when we partake in the bread, just like we're doing right now, we're partaking in the bread. And I hope some of you will ingest the word of God tonight. After you leave this place. Right, right. I hope you just didn't come to here, but I hope you came right, to ingest. Right. You know what you know what I mean by ingest? Somebody says, Well, how am I gonna do that? Apply it. Yeah. Obey yes. it. Ingest it. Yes. Make it you. Yes. Make it your life. Okay? So the next place, of course, uh the candlestick and, and uh let's go back to the book of Exodus, chapter twenty seven. I just wanna touch these places before we go on into the holiest of all Exodus 27 Amen Hallelujah Exodus 27 verses 20 and 21 it says and thou shalt command the children of Israel and they bring thee pure oil, olive, beaten for the light, to cause the lamp to burn always. In the tabernacle of the congregation without the veil, which is before the testimony, Aaron and his son shall order it from evening, evening to morning before the Lord, it shall be a statute forever unto their generations on the behalf of the children of Israel. So the lampstands had to be always burning. Always burning. Could never go out. So they had to trim the lamps every morning every evening 
Trim the lamps. Make sure there was enough oil in those lamps that it would burn. Think about that. The way he says it here, pure olive, pure oil olive, beaten for the light, beaten for the light. Jesus, when he was preparing for his crucifixion, spent those hours in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane means oil press. I'll make, a, I'll make a comparison. Can you imagine carrying the weight of the whole world upon your shoulders? Now, we all know what it's like to suffer oppression. Hmm? We all know what it's like to suffer mentally, emotionally. There's times that we feel oppression and depression, fear, frustration, you name it. The whole, amen, gamut of emotions, the whole, praise God. We just go through it all, don't we? We feel it, so what does it do? It weighs us down. You feel heavy in your spirit. You feel sad. Can you imagine, now listen to this, if he died for every sinner that was ever born, that's even including right now, if he died for every sinner that was born, can you imagine all the times each and every one of us has ever felt that weight or burden? And you know what we're talking about. Because we all know what it's like to be to experience that and feel down, depressed. As people say, down and out. Can you imagine that he took that on for all of us? When he was there in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was placed upon his shoulders. Even people that were not born yet, and there it was. It was heaped upon him. Can you imagine what he felt when he was going through that? Right there in the Garden of Gethsemane, right in the oil press. And there he was in his humanity. And there he was. Amen. And he, he just said to the Lord, he said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. His humanity, feeling the weight of what he was going to experience, dying for the sins of all mankind. We like to think about it as just, oh, that's just figuratively. No, no, no. Why did the Bible say his blood, his sweat became as great drops of blood? That's what he did for you and I. He was our substitute. He took it upon him. And we crumble. We crumble when we go through something. Hmm? Not just mentally, emotionally, even physically. We crumble. Pain. Physical pain. Agony. We crumble. Guess what? That's the reason why he suffered those stripes. That's the reason why he suffered those beatings. That's the reason why his figure was so marred. 
He took it on for you and I. That was a judgment for our sin. That was our sin that did that to him. Think about that. So that oil is the reason why it said, bring the pure olive oil beaten for the light. Beaten. Beaten. He was gonna, he was the light of the world. That pure olive oil was gonna be, be beaten for the light. I'm glad. Aren't you glad? Yes. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and he shall be satisfied. That's what Isaiah said. Obviously, he got a glimpse. He said, this is the reason why I'm doing this. He got a glimpse of all those souls. I just wonder, you know, God is not limited to time like we are. I just wonder if he seen every face he was dying for. I just, you know, he, he died for us. He said he loves us. Hey, how many of us are here tonight? You know, he died for each and every one. So I wonder if he's seen our faces. Why? He's eternity. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and he shall be satisfied. Think about that. Pure oil olive beaten for the light. Man. We just take a glance at it, we never really fully comprehend what he went through for you and I. We just take a glance at it. We get, we, the, the word just tells us what happens, but we just take a glance at it. We get a quick glance and we go, thank you, Lord. But did you really realize what he had done for you? So that you can make heaven your home? So that had to be for the lamps. The lamps had to be burning. The lamps had to be burning. Continually. Burning. Leviticus 24.2 is what it says there. It says... Uh, Command the children of Israel that they bring unto thee pure olive oil olive beaten for the light to cause the lamps to burn continually without the veil of the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation shall Aaron order it from the evening unto the morning before the Lord continually it shall be a statute forever forever in your generations, and he shall order the lamps upon the pure candlestick before the Lord continually. The light's got to be burning. The light has to be burning. 
Jesus said. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse number 12, Jesus said, Amen. He said, I, I am the light of the world. Amen. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Man. He says in John 1, 4, Gospel of John 1, 4, he said, In him was life, and life was the light of men. So we see why that that lamp had to be burning continually. A type of the Lord Jesus Christ. That light has to be burning continually. John 12, 35, and Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have the light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of the light. Wow. The Apostle John said it this way. 1 John chapter 1. He said this. He said, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. So if we walk in the light as He is in light, can you imagine walking around inside of the holy place and all that light that you're going by is the light that's on that candlestick? Mm. So your vision is obviously adjusted from that source of to that source of light, so you can see. How many of you? How many of you are old enough to remember kerosene lamps? <laughs> Very few have been here. I don't think any of you young people ever sat under the light of a kerosene light. It does give light. I remember sitting under the light of a kerosene light when I was younger. That was before they outfitted some places with electricity. That was before power. the power lines were ever... Brought out, so it was kerosene light. So, so we live by kerosene light. Praise God! We're so used to the yeah. Yeah. what we call advancements of society. The light goes out. What does everybody do? Panic. Yeah. <laughs> what are we gonna do? Praise God! We're so used to this. Right. You're right. We're used to this manufactured. Light. Yes. That's right. But what happens when this light goes out? And here, the priests walked in the light of those lampstands, those candlesticks. That's all they seen. They seem to, amen, minister at the table of showbread to 
Amen. Eat the showbread. They seem to go to the altar of incense and offer up the incense there. And even to minister at the lampstands to trim the to trim the lampstands. Because if they didn't trim the lampstands, guess what happened? They didn't have light. So if you don't trim your lampstands, you won't have light. Huh? Seek out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. Trim your lampstand so you can have light. Because if you don't, you're going to be without light. The altar of incense. Chapter 30 of Exodus. My, my, my. Let's hold on here. Chapter 30 of Exodus. We're talking about the holy place, remember. We're talking about the holy place. We're talking about the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. So in Exodus 30, verse number 1, And thou shalt make an altar to burn incense upon of shittim wood shalt thou make it. And then we, obviously we can see how they, the... <clears throat> The plans, its dimensions, and all that made of two, amen, two uh, uh, out of shittim wood, acacia, uncorrupted wood, symbolizing the sinless Jesus, his sinless humanity, made of gold, symbolizing his deity, his divine nature. You go down there in verse number 10, and Aaron shall make an atonement upon the horns of the Horns of it once in a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonements. Once in a year shall they make atonement upon it throughout your generations. It is most holy unto the Lord. So they have to they make an atonement on the altar of incense. They have to apply the blood to the four horns of the altar. The four horns. Put the blood. You ever wonder why it is? We all say that. We plead the blood. The blood has to be applied. Guess what? When you pray, the blood has to be applied. Right. So we see that. Hebrews 5, 7. The altar of incense. The altar of incense. We see Hebrews 5, 7. Look what it says here. Hebrews 5, 7. Amen. Amen. It says, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong cries and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Look what he said. He offered up strong cries and tears offered up prayers and supplications with strong cries and tears hallelujah so the altar of incense is a type of intercessory prayer that we offer up to the Lord that's what that represents the prayers 
that go up. Did you know he's our intercessor? The Bible says there's one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. He is our intercessor. You go into Romans chapter 8, verse number 34, look what it says. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also who also maketh intercession for us. Woo! He makes intercession for us. Even right now. Wow. He's our high priest, even right now. Amen. Psalms 141, 2. Keep your finger there in Romans 8. Psalms 141, 2. Look what it says in Psalms 141, 2. It says... Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense. And the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. So obviously the altar of incense represented prayer. Represented intercession. That's the reason why. Amen. Amen. It should be something that you and I understand. Going back to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 verses uh, 26 and 27. Here's something that uh, is really beautiful. Verse number 26. It says, likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. You see that? The Spirit helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Sometimes we get to that place of deep intercessory prayers because of the, the Spirit of God, because of the Holy Ghost that leads us there. And when we pray, sometimes we can't even talk. All we can do is moan, and all we can do is groan. But the Spirit is making intercession for us. With groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So there's that place of really deep prayer. Sometimes we feel that. How many have ever felt that knot in your stomach? All you can do is you can't say nothing. You go, ah. That's what happens when we come to that place. God will lead us to that place of intercessory prayer. And, you know, to offer up the incense before the Lord as they were instructed. And you think about it. That's what you and I, amen, should be doing. We should never praise God 
we should never cease to offer up prayers or to offer up incense because the Bible says to pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray without ceasing. So the holy place. The holy place was a place that they ministered daily. Their daily ministry at the table of showbread, at the candlesticks, in that the altar of incense, their daily ministry, the holy place. Is everybody listening? Yes. The holy place. That's the place that you and I, of course, we know Jesus, what it symbolizes, Jesus is our, he's the bread that's come down from heaven. He's our spiritual food. He's also our light and he, he's also our intercessor. He's, Amen. Our high priest. But guess what? That's the place that you and I need to abide in too. That holy place. The way, the truth, and the life. The bread of life. The light of God. The offering up of incense. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's the place that you and I, as the priest did, they occupied it every day. Every day it was a ministry. Every day they, they maintained, they maintenance their salvation. Praise God. Think about that. The holy place. When we can abide in the holy place, we can abide there. Praise God. But Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you follow these steps and you follow the pattern, and if you abide in him, guess what? You're going to be saved. The word Prayer and the light. The word, prayer, and the light. That's where you and I need to be with the Lord. That's the holy place he called us to. Amen. We'll stop there for tonight. Thank you very much for your patience. As I said, once the, the uh, outlines are done, I'll bring them. And uh, you can have those for your, out, your notes and everything. Hallelujah. Thank you very much.